0: Do you know what I think? And it's, like, very controversial, but I think being a person of colour in terms of being of a darker skin tone, people give me the benefit of the doubt. Like, I should know more than I do. So if I'm in compromising positions, they're going to assume that I, one, didn't know, knew and did it with intention and not malice, and three, I'm going to work towards knowing better. You know? Is that a very 2018 thing. It's like a 2014 to 2018 thing, I reckon, you know? Because even, like, in 2014, or even 2012, when the whole notion of cultural appropriation came up, and everybody assumed that I had, like, insight into whether, you know, something like braids are appropriate or not. Meanwhile, I was in, like, Malaysia wearing a bindi. <laughs> and, like,
1: I just have a lot of feelings. And I'm going to talk to you about the unintended consequences social media is having on your mental health.
0: Is it genetic? Oh,
1: Christ.
0: How on earth can you have a problem with anxiety, Jordan, when you are so confident
1: on stage? But I don't want to go among mad people. Oh, you can't help that. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> can would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. Let's be honest. Do we start every single podcast by saying, let's be honest? I feel like we do. Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure we do. Okay, well, the internet is a treacherous place. We know that much. We're up to episode four. I think that's clear. Trolls lurk under pixelated bridges, waiting to pounce on suspecting tweeters. And conservative uncles make the Australian flag their profile picture on Facebook to signal their unrelenting patriotism but it's also a kind of hilarious and fun place where God's gift, otherwise known as memes, exist. And Uber Eats, of course. And it's no secret that being a woman online comes with its own unique set of quirks, often in the shape of hate tweets, anonymous emails telling you to go and fuck yourself, and other charming digital interactions. A man on the internet, Craig from Parramatta, how you going? (laughs) Once called me, and I quote... A misandrist leftist bore. Actually, I'm going to do the accent I imagine you would have. Okay. A misandrist leftist bore with an impressively complicated nap. Fuck it. I'm doing I it. like that. A misandrist leftist bore with an impressively complicated lesbianism and bestiality regime. I want to know more about this He's regime. not wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a joke. We just want to make that yes, clear. <laughs> please don't quote me on that. Um, But what about women of colour with confidence, digital sharp-wittedness and spunk? We speak to local Sydney legend, Flex Mammy, about what being a plugged-in woman of colour is like in Australia's digital landscape today. Isn't it good? Flex Mommy is a highly sought-after DJ, television presenter, beauty influencer and more. Trust us, Flex does not stop. And I just want to say now that she makes her own wigs, and it's my favourite mm. thing about her. I just found out this. I didn't realise she made them herself. I just always admired her wig collection from afar, but this, this changes everything. It changes everything game. She's especially passionate about discussing all things identity, intersectionality, and glowing the fuck up. And we are so excited to have her vivacious self joining us today. Hello, Flex.
0: Hi. <laughs> I was like, is this my cue? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm good. I'm
1: good. Where, talk us through your look today for everyone who's listening.
0: Um, I was just thinking about it in the lift earlier. It's almost like sci-fi fantasy meets, uh, in quotations, I'm a creative, mm. mixed with like corporate creative. So you give them a blazer, give them it a bit of sequin, give them like an accessory, a really bold eye, but a nude lip because I'm not crazy. Um, and then a sensible checkered van. So, you know, I'm, I'm a secret rock dog.
1: Amazing. And they're really working with the pants, the white stripe in the pants. Yeah. And your nails are electric green?
0: Yeah, I'd say neon green, slime season.
1: It's all very thoughtful. Love it. I don't even know what it, this That's the end of the interview. Yeah, <laughs> quickly, just quickly run out. <laughs> That's me done. <laughs> For people who are listening, who don't know who Flex Mommy is, yeah. could you tell us who you are?
0: Um, I am a DJ, a TV presenter, a writer, a beauty influencer, the internet says, and a
1: person with thoughts. Ooh. Hopefully thoughts that we can rummage through. <laughs> and a spooky binge.
0: A spooky binge is one I feel strongly about. I like to, you know, we like to sort of sprinkle that in. We can't just give it to anyone. And so Spooky Binge refers to someone who likes the idea of manifesting the law of attraction, um, personality typing, cults, the apocalypse, things that exist in that realm. Okay. My full, like, 10-year plan is to get to the Oprah stage of my career so I can freely speak about my Spooky Binge needs and wants. Yes. But up until then, I've got to be, like, a little bit chill about it.
1: I'm believing it. I'm believing it. I'm down with it already.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've got a very cult leader essence about me Mm -hmm. that I would love to (laughs) capture Capitalize on and monetize like on sooner than
1: later. Alright, so we want to talk about how you developed an online persona. Yeah. Because you're very online, let's just say. You're very online. Even right now, the things that you're saying like spooky binge, I wasn't exactly sure what that was. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's embarrassing. Huh. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. For this next you were just quietly judged. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone could feel it. Oh, I appreciate that. I think the
0: name was definitely gifted to me. I knew that I needed to change my name from on Instagram. It was Young Lil Cena, but it was Y V N G, and like nobody called me Lil Cena, but three people, and I was like, why? The V's instead of A's in news is, is going to like die down really quickly. And I remember a friend was telling me that I had just like over it's not a it was like a superior already complex mixed with uh, being very mothering mixed with always doing too much visually in the outfit so he's like you keep flexing on people and you're a cool mom and i was like hold on hold on hold on there's something there we've got to pull out and then there was flex on me being online though i didn't the persona thing was new purely because i didn't find the value in sharing online i worked in social media for a a while so i guess i drank the kool-aid in a sense and didn't take it very seriously Mm. But I decided very early on that I wanted to make money from being myself and the way kids make money is being cool on the internet. So I was like, we need to sort of distill me in this fleshy form into um, an online brand personality. So this
1: is a branding exercise. Yeah, yep.
0: It's a branding exercise, but life is a branding exercise. So, I mean, if you aren't branding yourself, then you're not living.
1: I find that really interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like a com- we we've become com- commodities. Mm, yeah. I don't think it's a neg- I don't think it's necessarily a negative That's thing. A I I have a lot of power in it because now I can take control of my career because I can create who I am and what I put out online is what people buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, was there a time when, when you didn't think of yourself like that?
0: No. You've always thought I'd, like that. I've always thought like that, but not in the way of transi- translating it to social media. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought that I was always responsible for the perception of me. And so whether that, have been, whether that would have been when I was younger and over-enthusing that I was Australian as Australian every, as everybody else or wanting to date skaters, so I wore, like, plaid and, like listen to guitar bands or things like that like the, you're always actively trying to present yourself in some way I saw the Akubra hats as you well seen the Australian, <laughs> you've seen the Australiana you've
1: seen the Akubra you need to talk us through the Akubra hat thing because we were doing research and <laughs> she loves an Akubra she was talking to me I was like oh listen to look Flex is here and, in an Akubra hat and I'm like oh shut up Madison Like I'm trying to do work <laughs> a literal Akubra and then I literally saw the photo and I looked good like, yeah. it's not even
0: embarrassing no. so okay so coming out of high school was a strange phase for me because I transitioned out of being like an emo thought is what I call it. So like perpetuating, like being like quote unquote emo for the internet, but not really feeling that way. And also realizing that the guys I was hanging out with were kicks, mm. whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to be like an adult. I'm 17. I'm graduating. I really want to be an adult. So it's like, I want to have a corporate mom look like cool mom, but corporate. So it's like, let's wear a heel every day. Let's wear a blazer. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Let's wear a blazer. Let's start engaging with the world as I would like to be perceived so I want to be cool but then I was also like whoa, whoa whoa it's feeling a bit flat and I saw everyone was wearing felt hats and I had um, extensions in so it made my head really big like you sort of sew in, ex- in se- extensions. sew in extensions so I was like no I need a cool hat that also fits my head and a Kubra has come in sizes I need a 62cm Kubra. so I was like this just makes so much sense it's luxe it's Australiana it fits really well goes with like the corporate cool mum vibe let's just run with it But the thing about wearing hats is I can't really discern whether it's appropriate to wear hats indoors or not. So it got to be really hard to navigate how often I could wear this 200 and something dollar hat that I bought in three different colors. So I was like, we've got to cut
1: it. And so we did. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, and a cobra. In a way, we know that you make your own wigs. Yeah. And that's something that I don't think a lot of enough people know. Because I have no idea. I think people think I'm
0: joking as well.
1: Yeah. Can you just run us through it? Because you have so many, like, every day you've got a different hair colour on. Yeah. How many wigs do you have?
0: In rotation or just generally? In generally. Mm, like... something wow okay the thing is right so if you scroll through my feed maybe like last year i was wearing my natural hair a lot i dyed it orange which was all fun and games until the regrowth came in and i was like my hair cannot deal with this um and so i started googling wigs and wickedry but then it's like it's very expensive to buy a good wig and i'm very crafty so it's like i'll just make them um and so i did so uh, look it's two things you can either get a pre-made shitty wig and customize it so cut color diet whatever or get like a little a literal like wig foam like a foam ped Buy wefts of hair, sew it onto a wig cap, and then go forth. <gasps> Depending on what I want to do and how much time I have, usually it's just easier to just buy a blonde wig and like cut it, dye it, you know, create some layers. And sometimes you need more, it's so
1: artistic, it is isn't so it? Yeah, it truly and also is. maintaining
0: the integrity of my natural hair, which is like very important. I had a girl, quick side note I know we're not talking about hair, but I had a girl, um, she's like another African girl who DM me on Instagram and she asked me what hair i i use and i was like oh, i use overtone whatever and she was like okay great and so she goes away and comes like a few weeks later and it's like oh, i dyed i bleached my hair and i dyed it like you and it's not like i don't know how you got your hair so shiny how does it work and i it was just like oh i thought like because we were like both black you just understood like it's it must have been a wig you know what i mean i was <laughs> like oh no babe it's like this is not my hair and she's like but she, she's like, I asked you how you did your hair. And I was like, yeah, but it's mine because I bought it, not because I grew it. It was a whole thing. Because I, I could know. only be so apologetic because I'm very, very forthcoming about it being a wig. i do not, not like, down low. Like, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I always say it's a wig. So <laughs> I don't know how she got it twisted. She, but she got it majorly twisted. Yeah, she's paying I, for it now. I'm like, I can't help you. Deep treatments, maybe.
1: <laughs> Shave it off. off. I want to talk about something that's really obvious about your Instagram and that is your use of capitals and I absolutely love it. And it, it's for me it screams like confidence, enthusiasm, you seem unapologetic. How did you get that confidence to be so you?
0: Mm, do you know what? Like, I really do like myself quite a bit to the point where I would be offended if somebody didn't like me. So the confidence just comes from just liking myself and also having a mum who really, really over-enthused how special I was. Like, right. she's the type of mother who was like, if somebody doesn't like you, they're probably jealous. And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, I feel like... Being confident doesn't mean you're void of flaws or insecurities, which I'm also trying to communicate quite a lot. Um, But the use of capitals was only because I think that when I type, I'm sharing value that I want to be read. And caps have like a sense of urgency. It's almost like creates a sense of drama that you have to read it, even though it might not be for you. And lower caps just doesn't... I don't seem like a lower caps person. You don't. You absolutely don't. If I use lower caps, it's going to be in a professional email it's because I'm quite unenthused.
1: Oh. <laughs> or both. What yeah. about our emailing to get this off the ground? Yeah,
0: professional emails, I can only use to, like lower caps, you know? <laughs> no, Which that's is a shame.
1: Fair. It is a shame.
0: Even when I submit like captions for like work and stuff, they're kind of like... Are you going to do the caps? I'm definitely going to do the caps. Yeah, it's just a
1: professional email. Like, I oh, am man. the caps. I am. I am the caps. <laughs> um, you said that you worked in social media. Yeah. How did you get to the job? The various jobs that you do now. Like, what is your job title? Where do you get money from?
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um. So, first question is, what did I? What did I do? What jobs did I have? Yeah. Like, what did you do before? So I. I've worked in retail like all of my like childhood life studied fashion business dropped out but still worked in retail and still like started businesses like selling jewelry doing things like that mm. uh, and then I dropped out of fashion business and then started working in I started studying PR and dropped out of that and then got a job in PR so that's how I made money while doing that I became a DJ and DJs get paid a lot of money if you do it well
1: so, and what's your style of music? Oh,
0: gosh. It's like rap, R&B, hip-hop, trap, dancehall, house, funk, soul, disco, pop, jungle. <laughs> oh. I even did, like, an 80s party for Kat Von D. Yes, really? 80s rock, sorry. I did 80s '80s rock. (laughs) Um, How do I make money? So I'm a DJ, and DJs get paid quite a lot to do the thing they do if you run it as a business. I am an MTV presenter. I also, like, host and moderate panels for everyone, a ton of people. I write for money. I am an influencer, which means I get paid to create content for brands, mostly beauty brands. Um do I do anything else? I'm really good at figuring out how to make money. Because people I saw people just want to give you money. It's really just like giving them a reason to. <laughs> but the amalgamation of those five income streams makes makes my less.
1: Means you can dress as you do. Yeah. You can flex.
0: Yeah, but also flex within reason. Like flexing is like buying heaps of designer, but also like catching a bus when you need to. Someone called me out today and was like, Oh, saw you on a bus. That's really weird. And I was like, you know what they say about presumptions? Yeah. Now you sound weird. Oh my god! I'll take my
1: $500 Prada wallet away.
0: Like, you know what I mean? What do you think this is? I don't <gasps> everyone gets it twisted.
1: I know, you don't have to... It doesn't extend to every facet of your life. Yeah, You're I mean, smart about it.
0: Yeah, you've got to flex within reason. Like, it's the extended flex we're here for, not the short-term, like, I
1: flex between the ages of 22 to 25 and now I'm broke, you know? Yeah. I mean, it needs to be a sustainable
0: flex. A sustainable flex!
1: Yep. You're an MTV presenter, and growing up in Australia almost... Almost all of our prominent presenters were uh, white, with the exception of Yumi Steins and Fuzzy. Mm. What was that like to grow up with us? We c- were all around the same age. What was that like?
0: I don't want to be the person who's like, I don't see colour. But it was one of those things where I was more reminded of the difference between me and my white peers in adulthood, not in childhood. Interesting. If that makes sense. So I didn't look at the TV and go, something's not making sense. Because I was always consuming content that didn't remind me of myself. Even watching, like, black Americans. Like, we don't live the same existence. I don't fear you know, authority or things like that. So even from that lens, it wasn't as though I was ev- it wasn't as though I ever felt represented. So looking back on media in my childhood, yeah i mean that's just what australians were to me just people who happened to not look like me but just existed where i existed it's interesting because i think you know in retrospect i was really viewing myself and the world from a very like you know eurocentric lens Mm. and i think that if i was more mindful i would have been a little bit more offended at the fact that i wasn't being understood represented but you don't know what you don't know Yeah, and now it starts to come back to you and like a vision, you're kind of like, oh, that's like quite corked, but
1: (laughs) you know, we're here now. Well, it's like from a female point of view, I just never took for I never assumed that I could be a director because Mm. I never knew any female directors. Whereas, like, yeah, I think I'm interested. Did you always want to be a TV presenter? Like, was that something that you thought not at all? I guess the thing was, um.
0: I was encouraged to think very, like, whimsically about life. Not from my mum, but more so just school. And so I was like, I'll just be a psychologist. I like talking to people. I like, you know, analysing people. I like catching people up on, like, their belief systems. (laughs) But then I was like, I don't like studying. (laughs) um, That was quite annoying. And then even, like, studying PR, I was literally watching The Hills one day, and I saw Kelly Catrone. I'm like, she seems like, you know, a really, like, dominant alpha female. I'd love to be in that position. I was like, but I don't want to work in PR. So, the whole notion of being paid to be a creative wasn't something that I thought was feasible when I was younger because nobody did it. But then that changed when the internet popped up and I was like, you're all getting paid to not have to go to an
1: office? I want in. I really like the way you talk about sort of Australiana and what you saw because it's almost like it was a bit of a costume. Like you put on the Acuba hat, you put on this role. I Australian culture,
0: 100%. (laughs) been appropriating <laughs> like, it's that. only recently that I was like okay do you know what I think and it's like very controversial but I think being a person of colour in terms of being of darker skin tone people give me the benefit of the doubt like I should know more than I do so if I'm in compromising positions they're going to assume that I one didn't know knew and did it with intention and not malice and three I'm going to work towards knowing better you know? Is that a very 2018 thing? It's like a 2014 or 2018 thing, I All reckon. Right. You know? Because even, like, in 2014 or even 2012 when the whole notion of cultural appropriation came up and everybody assumed that I had... Like insight into whether you know something like braids were appropriate or not. Meanwhile, I was in like Malaysia wearing a bindi. And, and do you know what I mean? It's like I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, well, yes, <laughs> look back. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm wearing a chong some, too. I'm getting across it so. I was definitely given the benefit of the doubt um, and learned more about identity politics and, you know, being politically correct in my adulthood. And I'm still learning and I still don't really understand a lot of things that I know to be problematic.
1: But, but you think you get away with it because you're a woman like colour?
0: 100
1: Are you OK with that?
0: Yeah, because I need need time to learn. And I appreciate being given that space and being given the benefit of the doubt because I know, like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And so it takes time to understand what you don't know. I love that. And I need time, and I think people need time. But if you aren't in my position, then I fear for you a lot of the time because you're not really given the benefit of the doubt. It's always seen like it's coming from a place of malice, and
1: sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I think intention is something that sometimes easy for me to say though mm.
0: but I, you know I often think the whole notion of intention is I, th- I think we don't move through the world with intention generally mm. so to use that as you know a moral compass is often wrong because I don't you know my intention you know isn't to walk through the world in a certain way but that's how it's perceived like I remember when I started <clears throat> DJing and I had articles written about me and people would say based on my presence that I was like this beacon of positivity and optimism and I was like I don't didn't didn't publish that but i'll take it you know what i mean like that wasn't my intention but i'll take it you know so in some ways it works in your favor yeah for sure but for that reason i understand why i have even more of a responsibility to be well educated and well-rounded about things that maybe don't don't concern me because i don't want to be complicit in things that I didn't intend to be complicit in, vice versa.
1: But I think it's a combination of your raw, fucking, I am flex, I am here. Yeah. yeah. If you were a woman, just regardless of color, I think it's a really a new thing for a lot of people to take yeah. in, especially on TV. I think online is sort of like, you can get away with it. But being on a commercial television station mm-hmm. and being the way that you are, I think is something that's so fresh and new. And being so like, uh, so embedded with so many different brands, like Maybelline, like beauty brands mm-hmm. as well which I feel like a lot of cosmetic brands are, are finally being held accountable for their, like, representation and seeing you up there just looking 100, you know, just mm. so incredible mm. and working it with such, yeah. It's Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if this will make the podcast because I don't know if this is an appropriate question to ask. Go for it. But, like, do you ever wonder if it's – I don't think it's tokenistic. It, it is tokenistic. Oh, so you do think it is? 100%. Were
0: you cool with it? Yeah because guess- the thing is the way I look at it is irregardless of whether or not I have a say in it somebody is always capitalizing on me and my otherness and the like, what I'm perpetuating is always going to be like digested in a way that I don't have any control over mm. so why don't I take control over that you know I think that when it came to entering the beauty industry I always tell people it was a business decision I didn't have any beauty stuff on my page up until six months ago because somebody in the beauty industry told me that there's lack of representation for people of like my complexion, and I was like, "Well, let's get it." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I'm acutely aware, but I also believe that performative inclusivity is the first step to actual inclusivity. So I'm acutely aware of the opportunities I'm being given solely because of my skin color, and solely because I am on like the more palatable side of being in my skin color. Do you know what I mean? She's like, she's quirky and she's fun, and you know, like she's just like us. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, things like that. Where I'm like, I'm highly aware that I'm still like the um sort of, like, the tricycle, like, training wheels version of diversity for a lot of people. Yeah, like, if Flex can do it, everyone can. Exactly, you know, and then you're kind of like, oh, but, you know, like, Flex grew up in the East, and then, you know, like, Flex was born in Australia, so it's kind of, like, not the same, because, like, you know, I feel like I am, yeah, like, this... Like, I am allowed to have a seat at the table because I sort of tick these boxes that make me not too confronting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm. But if I was... If I didn't speak English as well, or if I wasn't as articulated or, or educated or well-learned, or if I didn't dress in a certain way that made me a spectacle, then I feel like I'd be harder to digest, therefore not able to have access to, the, to these opportunities. But Yeah.
1: Even if you weren't as, like, online in that yeah. way as well? It's all tokenistic.
0: It can't not be, you know what I mean? It can't not be. Because there's no way to go... There isn't a way to go about it. There isn't. But I'm appreciative of it. Good timing, you know. It was very trendy to be a girl, a woman, someone identifying as a woman. It's very trendy
1: to be a person of colour got to capitalize why would you wait (laughs) yeah I love how you look at things in a business way me too but I want to know does that ever do you ever ever have that feeling of like oh I just want to be I just want to like not go out and have to flex today But I don't. That's the
0: thing. Like, I definitely um, limit the interactions I have with people, like, outside of the internet. Because I'm just not prepared for that kind of... um like this over hyperbolized interactions. I'm not prepared for them in real life. I don't need to be yas queen and like you're so amazing, you're so unique, you're so this in real life. And every do you get that, you, of course. Yeah. It's so because I can see through it, and mm. it, the flattery wears off because I'm like, do you think I'm dumb? <laughs> like, do you not <laughs> see that I see what you're doing? Like, yep. do you not see that your behavior changes based on how you interact with me? I'm not giving that back to you. I wasn't like yes. Like, to send an aesthetic queen. Yeah, 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 so if you hard. did that to me and didn't do that to another person, I know for a fact you're interpreting or digesting me in a way that's different or completely biased to what you would assume I would be like. And it's right. Yeah. And I understand it. People like to connect. Especially because I think that... I'm a lot more placid than people would expect me to be. Not because I over enthuse being, like, uh, an extrovert. They just associate, like, fun hair and fun whatever with, like, an obnoxiously, like, up attitude. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't have time. Like, yeah. I really don't owe people, like, the polite banter and the back and forth. And, like, you know, I don't need to... I don't need to humour people. Like, I... And I definitely would have. Like, this time last year would have been, like, I'm just so happy to be here. And, like, yeah. everyone's being so accommodating. And it's just so nice and like what's everyone talking about this is great and then i'm like whoa like you're not learning if i become complicit to the behavior you're like using against me i just need to be like hey like we chill yeah i'm not a
1: caricature
0: i'm not a caricature and it's so easy to become a caricature of yourself just Mm. because it's like you're perpetuating your brand ideals and like your catchphrases and all these things but it's like no
1: let's talk about your relationship with color yeah. Because I remember watching an MTV style chat mm. where you spoke about how like early on you were a little bit embarrassed by colour and your mum was yeah. the one that was like encouraging Where's- you to wear colour. <laughs> Please. And Wear you- colour and earrings. Yeah. <laughs> and now like you- your whole Instagram, your whole persona is so bright and colourful. Mm. So what was that like, reclaiming colour in a sense?
0: Probably happened around the same do you know what it was, okay, so the thing about um not wanting to wear color is because every time I was in a position where color would be like the forefront was in something that was hyper cultural, and for someone who felt Australian that felt alienating to me if that if yeah. you like however you want to process that it felt alienating to me, so what would be an example of a garment like that um so like something hypercultural, like a hyper. Yeah. So, just like, it would be like, let's say a skirt and top that's like pattern print and mm. everything, like all the patterns, all the colors blue, pinks, yellow, oranges, just like top to bottom, like bright pink lipstick, you know, red shoes, just like everything I would find amazing now. But I think, you know, it was just like overwhelming i was like i don't want to be reminded of this thing because you know if you can imagine like people don't necessarily wear a lot of color day to day at least not when i was growing up you had a school uniform that was black and white and then your pop of color wouldn't be like you know a red pen you know Mm. so i was just like i'm not into color sort of thing but also that was tied into like perpetuating this emo lifestyle that i just wanted to do for like clicks or whatever so i was like real emos wouldn't (laughs) and so i didn't you know but i also found like uh so I was saying before like oh, in a different interview that like the turning point between me between me realising that like yeah I was Australian but not like uh, not Australian Australian was the fact that when it was Harmony Day in high school my teacher was like what are you going to wear and I was like oh these new disco pants from American Apparel and she was like no what are you going to wear from your culture and I was like I don't know what you're talking about and she was like no like you've got to you've got to like you know where, from where you're really from and I was oh like I gosh. just don't get it and before I even knew to be offended I was just like, I'm like what did she say <laughs> it was like this naivety <laughs> I was like just wear the thing and so from then on I was very became more aware that even if I would like go out of my way to over enthuse that I like certain things people would see what they wanted to and color was one of those things like even if I was wearing a full black outfit people would still know that I was you know culturally different they would still be aware that my personality was bubbly like I can't outrun the perception of me based on what I was wearing so I was yeah. like well like fuck it then we need to just like just do what you like you know because I think I was upkeeping a facade even though I didn't realise, for the benefit of people who couldn't realise I was doing it for them. Yeah. yeah. This is for you. Like, and, I'm <laughs> and like, no, you don't, no, you don't see? Okay, fine. So, then I just had to do what I liked, and what I liked was being the brightest or the most extra person in the room.
1: Yes. And it's done you wonders, right? Hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. Do you have a lot of um, friendships that you've cult- cultivated online? Like, who do you hang out with when you're not working?
0: I hang out with... I try... See, I have a lot of close musician friends that I maintain a virtual relationship with because that's the nature of travelling. But in terms of, like, my friends, friends, people I call when exciting things happen, high school friends, for sure. Just because I think that... (sighs) I don't doubt you can make very genuine relationships within the industry and space, but I often find that the intersection between, like, money, clout, social status, and then genuine friendships and boundaries all gets muddled, Mm -hmm. that I'm very hyper-aware that I don't want to over-enthuse relationships that aren't there purely because, like, we might be on the same label or we might play the same music. It's just not that serious. And I often find that generally I think that I'm really... Uh, easy to relate to or with but I don't that's not mutual for me like I feel like yeah you might see me and get it but I don't see you or get you yes. so I don't want you to think that there's a mutual best friendry happening here it's just not it so yeah. I had to make a conscious effort to pull back in every way like not be so available just because I didn't like feeling as though everybody knew me because you don't mm. and like and I think it, it became really clear when I would integrate interest like if I was like hey have you guys ever thought about the note, the paradox of choice like we're just all out here consuming <laughs> shit and like we just want more of it but it doesn't mean anything hmm and everyone's like well <laughs> you're quirky I'm like but <laughs>
1: what do you mean can we actually have a conversation <gasps> yes
0: queen <laughs> <laughs> yeah no do you know can I just quickly say the tipping point right so I remember so maybe like last year peak me too um and everybody was coming out with their own stories and sharing their trauma which I thought was really quite brave and I was like I just wish I could add to the conversation in a way that was conducive and not just steering sort of like uh steering the ship and so it was like about me again because I'm very mindful that I can do that without knowing like it's like give me an inch and I'll take 16 miles so <laughs> I was like I don't want to make this about me when this is like something great's happening but I didn't know how to support the cause and I was like you know what I'm gonna do my due diligence I'm gonna, I'm gonna retweet I'm gonna share articles it'll be fun and I remember I was DJing at an event where I was on this podium it's a cool corporate event so on this podium hanging out and there was like these three drunk like beefhead men maybe in their 40s came all the way up to this podium you could imagine like it's i'm in the center of the room on a podium not that hard to get to and i'm very easy to see so you can see me from any vantage point this guy comes up and he's like hey you're sweet he's like grabbing my arm he's like pinching my leg he like puts his arm around me as if to like you know we're all like we're besties here and then brings his arm around my neck and he's like he's like be chill be chill nobody will do anything anyway and i was like whoa so obviously i skitzed it i was like this isn't cool i was like pointing out security i'm like do you see this do you see what you're letting happen don't come up now and try and help like don't (laughs) i've got this but just so you know i see you not helping (laughs) yeah i was like and this is there's like 200 people here you can all hear me i'm like i see you all seeing this not doing anything like i don't even care i could leave right now Anyway, so I was like, you know what? Now I've got a story to share. And I feel like this is really surprising because I was like, isn't it? I almost willed it into my, into existence, right? I was like, oh, this it's is the so, so unfortunate. Oprah. It's the power Blow of attraction. But I shared the story on my Instagram. I don't really share, well, back then I didn't really share a lot. I wasn't really talking about anything, anything remotely, even political. And I remember I posted it. I was like, hey, like, FYI, like shit things happen. Shit's cooked. Whatever. Details about what happened, how I felt. And the comments. Where'd you get your shoes from? Whoa, (laughs) is that a new wig? I love that one. You look so pretty. What's that highlight? And I was like...
1: Oh my you gosh. Know, you,
0: you really out here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. So if people aren't seeing you, not consuming your words when you speak, then you don't have obligation to do anything you don't want to.
1: I feel like that leads really well into the question we asked everyone, mm-hmm. which is what do you keep offline? Mm.
0: Relationships? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't... Or if if I were to show a partner or a boyfriend, I wouldn't specify. I'm really off that. Only because I don't like... um, Because I feel like my space in the industry, I've set standards for myself and exceeded them like nobody told me or elevated me in a way that i didn't do for myself and i would hate to like pass the buck and be like hey now you get a say into my life and i feel like presenting your relationship online does that to people they feel yeah. invested they feel as though they get to now critique you in a way they wouldn't have before because everyone's been in a relationship not everyone's a dj not everyone's a tv presenter yes. so it's like that boundary is always there you know but all of a sudden you're showing your relationship and it's like oh i get this oh no I, I look let me pull up a seat i don't have this <laughs> <laughs> works I, was like, I can't be bothered
1: it's another conversation opener
0: yeah it's another conversation opener that i don't want to deal wow. with yeah it's not it's not that serious to me and then also i just feel what else don't i put on family
1: mm.
0: i don't put on family only because I want to be really clear to people that you just don't know me like you think you do and by showing family or family dynamics people get really excited like oh this is another piece of the pie I really get her and I think that I could never do a good job with explaining who I really am and I don't want to give people too many like puzzle
1: pieces to put that together for themselves because you already do it enough and get it wrong all the time Do you know what's funny you say that? That has me reflecting on how I use social media and I found that when I was getting more political or writing more about social issues I'd always put up photos of my brown family members. Mm. And I realised I wasn't doing the same with my white family members. Mm-hmm. Like, it was always, you know, the Sri Lankan aunties. And I was really getting into that. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm making myself... I'm trying to get permission yep. from other people to talk about things that matter to me. Yeah. So, I really madly respect that. Yeah. Because you're creating really healthy boundaries. And you're so right. People respond to pictures of my brand family because they want to feel like they know me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Like, we get it. We know this dynamic. Yeah. Like, but
0: you don't. Not even I know I I don't even get it so you you possibly couldn't get it you know i don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on i'm like team question everything i'm just like wait (laughs) so you're saying that people are gonna work for 80 percent of their (laughs) (laughs) lives and everybody's cool with that okay okay wait so what you're saying is (laughs) i just don't and but i think that's the greatest part not getting anything but yeah so that's my thing i don't put up Relationships or family, and mm. that's a now thing, and that's only because when I share a little bit, everyone's like, "What's the
1: update?" Mm. "What's the this?" And I'm just like, "Who are you?" Like <laughs> it's overwhelming, you know. You you're a deep thinker. Like you think about things, and mm. you, you yeah. seem, I imagine, you're into philosophy. It sounds she like you. Are. You philosophy. said something about. The something of choice. The paradox. Yeah, and your ear is pricked up, so I imagine it's a philosophy. (laughs) Um, But do you ever like, weak yourself out or struggle with mental angst? Everyone
0: does, but. See, it's tricky because I think mental health is one of those things to me where I don't know if that's being raised in like a very stereotypically uh, African family in the sense that like mental health wasn't like a topic of conversation. So, like, I'm not even sure. See it's very interesting. Okay. How do I side note this? I wasn't even sure depression or anxiety was something that my mother understood until I divulged to her that a partner of mine had depression and she was and I was like couldn't cope because I was like I don't get it like I'm just so like mm. literal and lateral and like it, things just are how they are and if I'm just feeling down it's cuz like it's very um Stimulus-based, you know? Things don't happen in here, they happen out there first and I'm affected by it. But she was like, oh, I have depression, And I was like, mum? Huh? Mum? What? (laughs) And like, if you could only... If I'm... I am my mum. Like, but if anything, she's just way more extra and way more everything and committed to the cause. Wow! Yeah. I mean, probably not in her... She's 50 now, so she's like in her sensible phase of adulthood, but she was the type of wear, like, heels to the grocery store time. But I was like, you with depression. How? Hmm. And it sort of like opened up my mind that like not even I really understand. I feel like I'm a suppressor by nature so even if I did I'd be like mm, not for me. Not, not mm, for folks. No no, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want to
1: deal with this. This isn't going to work with my schedule.
0: <laughs> Already too many things I don't get and I just this is not another thing that I need to deal with you know and I think for me personally it's much easier for me to navigate the world thinking that the way I see it is stimulus-based. I don't, like, because I trust my reality so much that if my reality was now to be flawed, I'd be so cooked.
1: What about next time on No Chill? Well, we'll be chatting to somebody who specialises in depression memes. Yes, that's right. Her name is Carolyn Duchene. She's wild. So stay tuned because it's dropping next week. If you know somebody who could really take a no-chill pill, tell them they can find us by searching for no-chill on iTunes. And if you listen to this and wonder what we look like or want to know what we eat breakfast via our Insta story, I just want to note, we don't actually put our breakfast on Insta stories. I know, stories. we really don't, but we will from, from now. Sure, sure. We will from now. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram. Lucinda is at Frooms, and that's... Triple O? Yep. God, emergency. Mm. And I am at Madison R. Griffiths. And if you liked this podcast or if you're one of our enemies, and we do have some, don't we? I was going to say, actually, I don't think we do. I, I, okay. I reckon I do. Prayed I from did. Parramatta. How are you going? <laughs> <laughs> and you thought this recording was really embarrassing and worth bitching about in your group chat? You got something out of it. So please give us five stars on iTunes anyway, would you? And as always don't keep calm but do carry on goodbye um yeah it's it's weird <laughs>